For instance, did you know that through the protective Chinese practice of Tiu Bushan, you can train your testicles to drop into your abdomen? I'm doing that as we speak. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. Oh, I'm Tori. <laughs> it's, we're a little out of sorts because Laura couldn't make it. She's feeling sick. So, Laura, I hope you feel better. Yes, feel better. Uh, so, yeah, this week we're talking Humbug. And I was, I was very excited to talk about this episode because it is like a real pivotal moment in the X-Files because mm-hmm. it is like the first genuinely funny one, like on purpose, not like this is so bad, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Although when I saw the, the little twin monster, I was like, what a... <laughs> <laughs> what am I looking at? But yes, <laughs> there's a lot of intentionally funny stuff as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I, li- I was listening to Kumail Nanjiani's X-Files Files because he did that episode with Darren Morgan. Mm-hmm. And first of all, it's like two hours. And I was like, I don't have two hours. <laughs> I probably listened to it way back in the day. <laughs> right. So I listened to half of it uh, to see if there are any fun uh, anecdotes and stuff, but one of them that really cracked me up is that he says the Leonard puppet he he has Chris Carter gave it to Darren Morgan, and he puts it out in Halloween like right where the candy basket is. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so we watched Humbug, and it aired March thirty first, nineteen ninety five. It was written by Darren Morgan and directed by Kim Manners. Uh, Kim Manners was very nervous to direct this because it was really? it's so like out of form. And he, <laughs> it was just like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I have a lot of notes about the direction because I liked it a lot. There's a lot of cool shots, especially mm-hmm, with mirrors. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And um, Darren Morgan, who I, I've mentioned before, and he's he's kind of he is a legend in like the X-Files fan community. Because he wrote like four amazing episodes and then just like dipped. He was like, okay, actually, like I cannot mesh with Hollywood. Y'all are asking me to like write things on time. I cannot do that. <laughs> uh, but what a four episodes it was. <laughs> and then, but he came back for the revivals too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, like, so he has yeah. just ones that were better than the others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not wild about his season 10 one, but his season 11 one is like so near and dear to my heart. I don't know which which one is which. Which one's the one with Kumail? Is that the 10? Mm-hmm. And then 11 is the Lost Art of Forehead Sweat. And it's like a real, it's very, very meta, like kind of like, yeah, like. I might have to rewatch it because I don't remember it all. I like really yeah. blocked that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like kind of in reference to his whole like, he doesn't mesh well with like the whole TV style of needing to you know submit stuff on time <laughs> he, he very much has the like very depressed writer vibe like when he was talking about it he's just like i re- i can't rewatch it like i fast forward through all my episodes they're not good I'm like they're so good yeah <laughs> he's like the only one i can watch is uh jose chunks from outer space <laughs> so it's, it's very funny that he's just like this is a bad episode i'm like no this is a good episode this is a great episode stop being hard on yourself darren <laughs> So many good Mulder digs. <laughs> yes, yes. I Camille asked him about that. He's like, "Why do you hate Mulder?" And he's like, "I think it's more about David Duchovny." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "It's hard to separate the character from the actor." <laughs> well, <laughs> I think they 
they got along, but they also fought a lot is my, or not a lot, but like there was like one moment he was, he's like, he wrote notes about it because he was like, I'm not going to remember this in 20 years. He's like, I wrote down here that like, I really hated David Duchovny and I don't remember why. (laughs) 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 So the plot of this episode is that Mulder and Scully go to a town in Florida to investigate the recent murder in a long string of murders and end up in a town populated with circus performers. They try to make sense of the peculiar town and to figure out which one of the town's members is committing the bizarre murders. Mulder also gets made fun of a lot. <laughs> which I love. Yes, it's it's very great. So we open on Gibson Town, Florida, and there are some boys swimming in an above ground pool and we see someone lurking in the shadows. And so we think the kids are going to get attacked, but then it kind of flips Like this episode, I love so much because it is constantly subverting our expectations. So like we think this is a monster. It's their dad. But then their Mm -hmm. dad is the one that gets attacked by another monster lurking in the forest. So Mm -hmm. it's this sort of like you think that like this guy, just because he has skin that has a condition where it's scaly, you you automatically assume he is the monster, (laughs) but he isn't. He's just a normal dad. And And that's what Mulder and Scully kind of do throughout the episode. Well, because they're kind of just, they think it's everyone. (laughs) It was like weird. Yeah. (laughs) Which is everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're, they end up in this town full of people who had some involvement in the circus at some point. And so it's a lot of people with unique bodies and unique skills and things like that. And so this, I like flipping this idea of like Mulder and, well, Mulder and Scully, when they enter are the quote unquote normal people there but then like because it's a town of atypical people they are abnormal in that sense (laughs) and also like scully's constantly just glaring at people (laughs) and just like gawking at them and then they gawk right back at her (laughs) and so it's like so funny how it's just constantly playing with this idea of like like gazing and like this gawking and also just this idea of like what is normal sort of thing Mm -hmm. um so we get to the credits and then Mulder and Scully are in the office and they're talking about the man who was killed, Gerald Glazebrook, and that he had ichthyosis, which was a skin d- condition that made his skin look scaly. And so uh, <laughs> the last shot of the like teaser is the alligator man. It's like, is he a man or is he a monster? Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly also like this kind of subtler twist of like, you think he's in the circus because of a skin condition, but he's actually like a really good escape artist. <laughs> Yeah, And so it's just like even subverting our like preconceived notions or what we just take at face value. Mm-hmm. And so I also like that. And um, this the the unique thing about this particular like murder slash attack is that there have been 48 attacks similar to what happened to him in 28 years in almost every state. And also, I love that Darren Morgan makes Mulder say Oregon because of David Duchovny's insistence on calling it Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> he could have picked any state. He really could. He's <laughs> like, no, Oregon. <laughs> I love it. And this is this, this is the scene where Scully says, "Imagine going your whole going through your whole life looking like this." <laughs> and like, we come back Scully. to that later. That's so rude. That is so, so rude of rude. her. Like, like come he on, has, man. Like, a family and everything. Like, I, he seemed fine. <laughs> he seems pretty okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I sort of get her like like if it's meant to be like empathetic, which I think mm-hmm. it is, but it is yeah. like don't say that about somebody like that. <laughs> like someone with a skin condition. I know, <laughs> just like openly gawking and being like, "What if I look like uh, like? Come on, ma'am." 
We get it. You're perfect. Literally. It's fine. <laughs> that was the other thing uh, Darren Morgan mentioned. He's just like, they're just like too hot to be FBI agents. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense that they're FBI agents. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they are just incredibly hot. <laughs> just two incredibly hot people like showing up in random towns all the time. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> they go to the town in Florida where the attack happened and we're at the funeral. And this is such a fun scene because it is just like setting up like what the town is because it has a lot of people who are like atypical, like the the pastor doesn't have arms, which I found out he is. Um, I wrote down the guy's name, but I cannot find it. Hold on. Where the hell is it? His name's like Alan something. Alvin something. Let me check my history. It's going to drive me nuts until I figure out what his dang name <laughs> is. Okay, I don't think I'm going to find it. His name's like Alvin something or other. But he he um he doesn't have arms because he wasn't born with any arms because his mom took uh, thalidomide while she was pregnant. And that was one of the, it's like a big case about the fact that this drug they gave pregnant women like killed and deformed the babies in the womb and it's really messed up. Um, but he's like a motivational speaker. Oh, and so I, yeah, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so he's he's there reading and there's like a scene where he's flipping the pages with his toes. And um, and then it seemed like Gerald's wife is like a, a bearded lady. Um, and so and so there's just like cuts of a lot of people with like really interesting bodies. There's like a really cool crane shot of like you're at a funeral and it's like all these people who are in like you know the sideshow business mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the town that i loved yeah and um and then we see um lanny and he has um sort of an attachment to his like abdomen where he has like baby clothes on it and they have like little shoes and it's his twin we find out later but yeah yes, <laughs> and he scully is the, just like <laughs> he puts the like flask in <laughs> Yes, yes. And Scully's just like looking around at everybody like hmm. <laughs> like smiling She's not and on, like making eye contact. <laughs> She's not on her best behavior this episode. No. Okay, so the casket starts to shake and they move it and then they see the ground under it is kind of like moving under uh and, and then a guy emerges from it. <laughs> incredible, incredible. <laughs> And this is Dr. Blockhead, who in my notes, I forgot that he was Dr. Blockhead. So I think I kept calling him Mr. Blockhead because I do not think he is a doctorate. (laughs) Something tells me no. (laughs) But the guy who plays uh, Dr. Blockhead is Jim Rose from the Jim Rose Circus. And um, this actually like was the inspiration of the episode is that uh, I think Chris told Darren like, hey, like maybe you could write something about like the circus. And he gave him a tape of, I think, uh, Jim Rose's circus performance. And he came to prominence and or his circus did because they uh, they apparently performed at Lollapalooza in 1992. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I was like, God, God, the 90s were weird. They're just like, come to this music fest. And also because like they're acts are really because it's like a modern circus so like there isn't any of that like gawking at people with deformity stuff so it's a lot of as he talks about later like geeks and um people that like do performances themselves in real life is he doing these things like with um nails and such that's like his thing in real life too Mm -hmm. wow i think it is i think his close one of his closing acts is he puts his head um in like a a box with some glass in it and he has like audience people come step on his head Uh, wow. So it's him and then the conundrum, is, his real name is the Enigma and he's also in the show. But like, it's like also there's like this one guy in their performance who just like lifts weights with like his piercings, including like genital piercings. 
And I swear to God, I've seen an interview where like Julian talked about like one of them doing like like penis puppetry in the like oh, while they were shooting. I you feel remember, like I that? remember that story from something like just someone like folding their penis in like yes. weird shapes. <laughs> I remember her telling that story. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, like, so that's that's sort of the basis of this episode is like modern day circuses and like Jim Rose's act specifically. Um, but he was like really talented for somebody who like yeah. isn't really an actor. He, he had, had a really carry, great line delivery. Yeah, he had to like carry a lot of the scenes. So yeah, he was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even when he's like popping out, he's like, I didn't know the disease, but I was an admirer. So I'm going to do a performance in his honor. <laughs> and then everyone gets up and leaves. <laughs> yes so and then like the cops are like come on like we're gonna take you in he's like get out your hands off me fascist <laughs> a comrade <laughs> <laughs> and so he's just like ruined this whole funeral everybody's running away and Mulder and Scully there's like great shot of like Mulder and Scully sitting in those foldable chairs and like all the rest are knocked over and Mulder's just like wow I can't wait for the wake <laughs> oh my god uh... <laughs> <laughs> Even though Mulder gets made fun of a lot, he's also very funny in this episode. He <laughs> so, is. So he gets the best of both. <laughs> he, Darren was like, I'm going to make fun of you this whole episode, but I'm going to give you some lines. <laughs> so Mulder and Scully then meet with the sheriff who kind of talks to them about their investigation in the case. And he, he tells us this town was established in the 20s by Barnum performers uh, during the off winter and they're talking about like, and Scully's like, oh, if they're circus performers, it makes sense that like all these murders were committed in other states too, because somebody who was a performer would have access. And she said like their deformity, isolating them from society could have brought up resentment. And the sheriff cuts her off and he's like, come on, like <laughs> they're just as normal as everybody else. <laughs> and he's right, right? Like he, he is, Scully's he's to right deep. to get defensive. <laughs> Yeah. And then she does the whole thing. She's like, you know, serial killers are normal too. Are you saying yeah. they can't be serial killers? <laughs> uh. <laughs> so like she does have a point there, I guess. Like, you know, people people with disabilities are just as capable of, you know, being as awful as like people without disabilities. But yes. It I, yeah, but I did like I like that exchange because it was just it was funny, but also it was like really kind of delving into like an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. But then like the sheriff is just like, well, you know, other people have a lot more harder time accepting their them than they have accepting themselves. And so he's getting defensive, you know, in respect and honor. And that's admirable, too. Mm-hmm. So Mulder, for some reason, like gets tipped off on like the menu has this like mermaid fish like monkey looking thing. And he's just like, yes, this is what ha- this is the killer. This must be it. <laughs> he's just like yes i found it in this magazine in this like menu for a restaurant and so they go to visit the artist hepcat helm and hepcat is actually where hipster comes from um Mm. hepcat was the term for people that were really into jazz and then it just became hepster and then hipster which is kind of funny i love that (laughs) and i i really like hepcat hepcat helm he's very fun Mm mm-hmm he gets so mad when the the sheriff calls it a fun house. He's like, "It's not a fun house. It's a tabernacle of terror." <laughs> but in all my notes, I write "fun fun house" when that's back around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so exactly. sorry. <laughs> and so they talk about the Fiji mermaid, and then the sheriff's like, "It's a bit of humbug." Barnum pulled in the last century, and it's like, "Hey, that's the name of the episode." The titular humbug. 
<laughs> exactly. And it's just like a a ruse, like a, a like a like in this case, the Fiji mermaid was like a monkey sewn onto a fish and Barnum did it. And then he's like, it looks so bad. He's like, actually, it's a genuine fake or something like that. It's just <laughs> kind of funny. It's like there is no truth. There is simply <laughs> yeah. facts that are told that are not true. <laughs> yes. This has my favorite. This is my favorite Scully line when she says, "Do you recall what Barnum said about soccer?" <laughs> and then just like gestures immediately to Mulder. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's, she she says that, and then the same woman who says this gets suckered into paying five dollars to see an yeah. empty box later. <laughs> Nobody comes out unscathed. <laughs> He's a bad flu- influence on her. Yes. Uh, and my note also says Mulder has to be the biggest mark in existence. Because <laughs> he's just immediately like, yeah, this is this is a Fiji mermaid. It's real. <laughs> and it's it. killing people. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> so they go in to check on the whole ho- go to check into a hotel because Mulder's like, there's something here like. Um, we're, we gotta stay here. We gotta get to the bottom of this. I've gotta find a damn Fiji mermaid. And the hotel manager is Michael J. Anderson, who's most famous from playing uh, the man from another world from the twin from Twin Peaks. I think that's the title. Man from another place. Something like that. Uh, the guy from the Black Connection. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and um, I looked into him and, I, and Michael J. Anderson, I think before he was an actor, was like, he worked for a company that worked with NASA or something. Interesting. Like, wow. And then he retired from acting, which is why he wasn't in the Twin Peaks uh, a revival. Yeah. I've seen like two episodes of Twin Peaks, but I recognize Oh, him. really? Yeah, yeah. I've seen all of it and I'm like, I don't know what happens. <laughs> I feel like I should. Twin Peaks is also one of the shows where I haven't been spoiled for it, so I'm like, I feel like I should before Ooh. it happens, but... Yeah, yeah. All I know is There's some... someone killed that girl, and I don't know who it was. <laughs> and the fact that I've made it this far is incredible. That is incredible. <laughs> I am... Um... In in college, I think there was like one party we had where we were like some friends were in my room and I think we had the door door closed. We were maybe gossiping. We were probably gossiping. <laughs> and and then my friend <laughs> one of my friends jokingly called it the Black Lodge. And so <laughs> my roommate made signs for us. So like my room had the Black Lodge and his had the White Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, I guess I do live in the Black Lodge. <laughs> But this is the the very iconic scene of Mulder just like straight up asking uh, the hotel uh, was Mr. Nut just like because because he's a little person. He's (laughs) incredible name. And because he's a little person, he's just like, so have you done any circus? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Mulder, you just can't ask people. (laughs) And Mr. Nut like goes off on him. He has this whole thing about like. Just because of my short stature, you don't think I can get a job anywhere else. But I have a degree in hotel management. He pulls it off the wall. <laughs> Incredible. But the the funniest line to me, I think, is that like in response to like Mulder stereotyping him, Mr. Nut stereotypes Mulder, and he's just like, "Well, I've done the same thing to you. For example, I've taken in your all American features, your dour demeanor, your unimaginative necktie design." and concluded that you work for the government, an FBI agent. But do you see the tragedy here? I have mistakenly reduced you to a stereotype, a caricature, 
instead of regarding you as a specific, unique individual. Uninspired neckties. <laughs> I would say you work for the government, an FBI agent. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> but again, also like, yes. both too hot to be in real world in the real world. Too hot to be working for the government. <laughs> exactly. But it's so funny that like Mulder is just like he, he is who he is. He's just out there and everybody can clock him for exactly what he is. Because he is <laughs> it doesn't deter it doesn't deter him. <laughs> And so, like, Mr. Nut's kind of pissed that, like, he has this whole speech about, like, not judging people by how they look or how they behave. And then, like, just gets undercut because, like, Mulder is as unimaginative as his job. (laughs) Or I guess not his job because his job is very imaginative. But, like, his clothing and his whole aesthetic is very unimaginative. (laughs) The picture you posted of his outfit before this. (laughs) Where he looks like he's in Miami Vice. Yeah, he was like, oh, I'm in Florida. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) The perfect look. (laughs) Exactly. He, like, at one point, like, just has, like, a t-shirt and just, like, puts his blazer over it. Just, yeah. Like, uninspired outfit choice. (laughs) He looks hot, though. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, And so they get, they have somebody, they actually have Lanny from earlier take their luggage to their trailers where they're staying. and. I love how Mulder went through that whole ordeal and he meets this other guy with like a peculiar body immediately, immediately <laughs> ask him if he did circus work. And there's like, as he asked her, ask him, you could see Scully immediately like shake, like glare at him immediately. Just like, like, are you, we just went through this literally in one ear and out the other. <laughs> <laughs> he like this. This just proves like Mulder has no shame. He cannot be embarrassed. No, with with his job. He was alone for so long in that basement. He, there's no way. <laughs> yes, he has no concept of shame. <laughs> and but like Lanny says that he has. And um he says uh best work I've ever had. I just had to stand there. <laughs> it's like that's everyone's dream is to not have to actually do much work. I did I did really This is one of my favorite lines from the episode. That's like kind of unassuming honestly is when Lanny says, the kind-hearted hotel manager, Mr. Nutt, convinced me that to make a living by publicly displaying my deformity lacked dignity. So now I carry other people's luggage. <laughs> <laughs> Just like this like <sighs> observation about like work and like it's degrading in different ways just like kind of like just kind of a throwaway line honestly mm-hmm. um but that really cracks me up <laughs> it is like i mean i don't necessarily disagree with mr nut that it is like it is degrading to like you know gawk and you know mm-hmm. just look at someone with a deformity and only see them for that <laughs> and then you're carrying people's luggage on the other <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like you're right but also hmm. <laughs> Maybe all work has a level of degrade, degradation in it. Yes. Maybe, maybe when I worked at a grocery store, I just got yelled at like elderly people all the time. <laughs> that was a form of degradation. Uh, every time, every time I saw like a w- old white person come through my line, I was like, no, terrified. Gonna be pain in my ass. I'm like, you know what? And then when they're nice, I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> this is how it is. <laughs> I assumed. And that's on yeah, me. So, you know what? Mr. Nut was right. I shouldn't assume this like woman who's shopping after church and who's paying by check is going to be mean. 
<laughs> Check. <laughs> so then we have Hepcat Helm is working and he's playing loud music. And this is this is another note I had. There was a nice directing where like you could see Hepcat like through it it kind of looked like it was like chrome. I don't think it was a mirror. I think it was mm-hmm. like some sort of metal something. So you see his reflection and he stands up and you can see a creature out the window and then he gets down, he stands back up and it's gone. Mm-hmm. I really like that shot. Yeah, I have that. Mm-hmm. And Hepcat gets murdered. And right before he gets murdered, he shouts, what the hell? <laughs> uh, which is such a funny thing to say, like when a monster or I won't say monster because it is like a person. But like when you get attacked. <laughs> And uh, Darren Morgan mentioned in the podcast that he he had it so like when at the end, kind of like jumping ahead briefly, when they're when the uh, the conundrum and Doctor Blockhead are driving away, and after he says must have been something I ate, Mulder is supposed to say what the hell, and it's supposed to be like a joke about like mm. that, and, but then like they cut that line, and Darren was like, so now it just sounds like like every stereotypical death of like just someone being like what the hell, he was like <laughs> kind of pissed. <laughs> That is like they took all this. He's like, they didn't cut those lines, but they cut the Mulder one. <laughs> all that set up for a joke that never happens. <laughs> um, so then there's like that brief scene of Mulder on a run and he sees the conundrum eating a fish, <laughs> which is just a very funny. Which scene. is like anytime you read or see anything about Humbug, it's always that picture, like that screenshot of the guy eating the fish every single yes, time. So it's like ingrained yes. in my head. <laughs> that man yes. eating the fish. And it's funny because they shot it in spring in Vancouver. So I think that water was like 30 degrees. <laughs> and it's just like, and he's only wearing a loincloth and he's just like <sighs> running through this cold ass water. <laughs> that's, that's acting. That's, that's really putting in the work. Mm-hmm. Then we have a scene where Lanny wakes up Scully to tell her someone's been murdered and there's that this <laughs> very funny <laughs> this scene where like they're both wearing robes and like Scully's staring at Lanny's like yes um, <laughs> like attached twin and then he's like staring and at her, her boobs <laughs> <laughs> and then they both go to cover up <laughs> and it's it's a really funny scene but it also is this sort of it's so it's so interesting because it is like this kind of you know like the gaze of like <laughs> Both the male gaze and like the like able bodied gaze at people with disabilities, and just like this idea that we're all gazing, like, I don't know, we're all gawking at each other to a degree (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) And so she finds out there's been a a murder, and they go to investigate Hepcat Helm's murder. And this is the scene where they find that the blood on the window, so they're like, must be contortionist. So they immediately assume Dr. Blockhead, which isn't a bad guess. He is sketch. Yeah. My God. The scene. I can't. I, could, I had to look away when they went to talk to him. I was like, I can't look at this with the nail. I can't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go to uh, check up on Dr. Blockhead. <laughs> this is one of the funniest lines to me when Blockhead's like, do you know you can train your testicles to drop into your abdomen? <laughs> Alter says, I'm doing that. I'm doing a- that as we speak. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so that it's it's I always see like when they talk about the funny episodes, they're always just like it's really surprising that David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson like actually had the comedic chops to like pull mm-hmm. that kind of stuff off. Because like in this episode they are kind of the straight men. Like they don't really say anything super funny necessarily, other than like Mulder's usual run of the mill quips he always does. <laughs> but like for this scene, like with the his del- his like deadpan delivery of the line is just so funny. <laughs> 
I've like unintentionally seen too many almost lobotomies the past two days. Because I watched, I was, um, my cousin was still here today and we were watching Lore. Do you know? Like the podcast Lore. And then That like, sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, they made it into like some Amazon show, but one of the episodes is about oh, okay. lobotomies. So I've like seen Very a million fun. people have like ice picks shoved up their nose yesterday. And then I saw this and I was like, it's too much. It's too much. I'm done. Oh I'm God. done with the, lo- <laughs> the lobotomies. <laughs> Yes, enough of that. Even though I would love one sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also that episode of the X-Files that's very lobotomy heavy. Um, Which one? On Ruhe, um, where like Scully, it's that German dude who's like dad was like beating his sister and he becomes obsessed with like, you have to kill the howlers. And he almost there's, like lobotomizes Scully. There are so many X-Files episodes that I don't remember because I watched the show in 14 days, like <laughs> yeah. six years ago in 14 days. <laughs> And then I usually just go back and watch like my favorites. So yeah, I really need to right. just watch it all again one time soon. Yeah. Not while I, I'm alone, I really, but actually, soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I really like Gunruhe. Uh, it's one of my more favorite. It's written by Vince Gillian. What? Oh, what season is it? Four. Oh, I'll watch um, it. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely like one of those, like, <laughs> not to get too off topic, but it's like Vince Gillian's when he does the, uh, he always takes like a, a really, like his approach to monsters is always so interesting to me because it's always so peculiar. Like he doesn't really do any of the classic monsters. Oh, this is the one with like he, the picture, like the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, yeah, now I remember yeah. this one. Yes, yes, yes. This was a good one. I should watch it. <laughs> uh, so then this is also where we officially meet the conundrum. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Dr. Blockhead feeds him some crickets. And then he he's like, where are my manners? And he offers them to Mulder and Scully. And Scully grabs one. And she doesn't eat it. But Jillian Anderson, she didn't eat it necessarily, but she did chew on it. She did put it in her mouth and chew on it. Yes. So she did actually <laughs> kind of eat that cricket. <laughs> Have you ever eaten a cricket? No. No. I almost did once. So I have had those like cricket crackers. They like grind up crickets and like make them into crackers for like Yummy. protein reasons. Yummy. <laughs> it really isn't bad because obviously you can't take the taste of crickets. Right. But then like at my um at my uh college we had um like they they were just like sitting out there for anybody to eat like chocolate covered crickets. I like couldn't make I couldn't take up the nerve to eat one, and I really should have because it was like it's an experience, you know. I probably would have tried one or like a bite. Yeah, like if it's there, I don't know if I'll seek it out. But like, yeah, I would if, never if pay for one. But if someone offered, <laughs> not like a live cricket though, it would have to be like no, a prepared no. cricket. <laughs> exactly. I I need some seasoning, some like cayenne <laughs> or something on there. <laughs> Cayenne cricket. In the episode, Scully pulls the cricket out from behind Mulder's ear as like a sleight of hand gesture. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Queen. But the the scene where like Jillian actually like puts a cricket in her mouth, you could like hear somebody in the background going, "Yes!" Oh, there's a <laughs> blooper so of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then on Reddit, she said that she spit it out or something. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that because I remember looking it up after I watched it. I was like, "Did she eat a cricket?" <laughs> Yeah, like you're halfway there. I feel like you should just swallow, right? If you've already yeah. chewed it, you know? Yeah. But I also get if you already like had the flavor. Like- so <laughs> you just didn't get the protein. <laughs> All flavor, no protein. And then we have Scully go to like a historical type uh, exhibit. And I like the scene fine, but like it is. I would say it's kind of drags the episode down, sort of. Like, like I feel like it's there because it's trying to add more, like, background to, mm-hmm. like, sideshows and, like, the historical context of it, of the episode and the show you, itself. The episode is, like, 
a lot of like you're going through this town and you're meeting these people quote unquote weird people so yeah mm-hmm. but i really love the the mirrors when you see the guy's face it's like through the mirror yes I love yes that. like you can see he has like some he has like mm-hmm. some sort of deformity on his face but you you never really get a solid look at him until like towards the ends i think you do but mm-hmm. he's always like shot it's more like shooting scully instead of shooting him or shooting him in the reflection which mm-hmm. wasn't really good i really did like that direction but like it it was like his whole thing was just like okay by the way our sheriff is a dog face boy <laughs> yeah here's like a half half accurate story about Chang and Ang, the uh, original conjoined twins, which is where we got the term Siamese twins from because they were from Siam, which is now Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And then um, you get also- the $5 <laughs> donations. Yes, <laughs> which she, kind of makes got, the whole she- scene where... <laughs> Yes, you're right there. Like she calls Mulder a sucker, and then like this guy's like, "There's an exhibit. I don't show everybody, but if you give me five dollars, I'll show it to you." And she goes in. It's just an empty box. (laughs) 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 And then like the exit door just opens for her. Like, okay, you can leave now. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah. The he tells a story about Chang and Ang. Um, one of them dying from uh, a brain hemorrhage of some sort, I think. And then the other one dying of quote unquote fright, which he really didn't. But it's a fun story if he did die of fright because he was like, I'm going to die any minute. <laughs> but he actually died because like their livers were connected and he like couldn't get blood. Mm-hmm. It, like it just like, I mean, they're connected. They, the, his body stopped working because his brother's body stopped working. The other weird thing I learned is they retired and they moved to North Carolina. <laughs> and their Wikipedia page says they bought some slaves. <laughs> It's like, uh, okay. I didn't realize they were like pre-Civil War. Yeah. (laughs) And then the other weirdest thing is that like political, like comic drawers at the time were like using them as like an allegory for like the split between the North and the South and like the Civil War. It was just like, what? What? (laughs) This is so weird. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. A lot happening. (laughs) Yeah. So like. I, I like opened the Wikipedia page and I like learned so much. And I was like, okay, I, I, I'm done. <laughs> this is, this is too much to unpack. <laughs> too much information. Exactly. And then we have the scene where, um, Mulder and Scully are, well, Mulder goes to go to Scully's trailer and Mr. Nuts under there fixing the plumbing. And Mulder is very accusatorily like, does Scully know you're under her trailer? <laughs> And again, Mr. Nutt reads him for filth and is like, you know what? Like, plenty of women think I'm hot. Not everybody wants a <laughs> tall, gangly freak like Ian Walter. <laughs> uh... <laughs> and and sh- he's like, you know, lots of women find my my sh- short stature alluring. <laughs> Walter goes, lots of men do, too. <laughs> <laughs> That that line honestly feels like it was ad libbed by David Duchovny. <laughs> like I I could just that has David Duchovny stink all over it. <laughs> but this is uh, this is a scene where Scully tells Mulder that the sheriff used to be Jim Jim the dog face boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, an orphan from Albania who was completely covered in hair. So then they they go to investigate the sheriff. They're they're like so such at their wits end. They're just like running around like, oh, I don't know, like maybe that this dude's a freak too. Like <laughs> I think this scene you're is like using- my most quoted X-Files scene. Like I don't it's so good. 
it's 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 so incredible because they they go to the sheriff's house and they see him burying something and Mulder and Scully are unburying it and they have this moment <laughs> where <laughs> Mulder's like you know just because like he was hairy it doesn't mean like he's a werewolf and we're kind of presuming a lot while like, like <laughs> investigating him and Scully's like yeah just like like presuming a lot like assuming guilt based on race yeah and they're like yeah and they're like okay anyway we are going to continue doing <laughs> like hairy equals racism let's keep going <laughs> <laughs> it's like we get it y'all are racist <laughs> but then the sheriff comes out and he's just like what are y'all doing and then the very classic line <laughs> Mulder's saying we're exhuming your potato we're exhuming your, your potato, potato. <laughs> I, I don't think that, I like, say anything more than I say we're exhuming your potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! It's so, so it's good. such a funny line. It is so funny outside of context too. Like just posting the screenshot of like you're we're exhuming your potato. Your potato. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 also so funny how like Scully gets so like nervous and they're like so quickly trying to defend their like bonkers idea to just unbury whatever this man was burying in his yard and Scully's doing this whole thing about like serial killers having a fascination with law enforcement (laughs) (laughs) and she's just like doing this very long-winded thing to justify their behavior and then Mulder's just like we found out you used to be a dog face boy (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like we gotta get to the point here (laughs) (laughs) also his his explanation is very funny to me his his reason for burying a potato is that like he has warts on his fingers and you're supposed to rub them with a potato and then bury the potato under a full moon. The biggest crock of shit I've ever heard in my life. I have heard about like um people like cut potatoes and put them on like acne and stuff. Mm. So I was like, oh that I guess it makes sense, but then I not the burying it in the <laughs> under a full moon. <laughs> Yes, I had warts on my fingers, and I just had to do what normal people do, which is go to the dermatologist and have them freeze them. <laughs> also, it's like you don't need these home remedies; just like go to the doctor, please, if you can. <laughs> yes, like they are so hard to get rid of too. Like awful. <laughs> that isn't going to do anything. But honestly, I should have tried that first, I guess, before going to the doctor. Uh, yeah. Also, every time I went, like the physician's assistant, like who was freezing my warts off, would always just be like, "Wow, you're so like brave. You're not screaming." And I'm just like, "What? What would that even accomplish? Like, of course it hurts, but like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> just like start yelling for screaming? no reason?" <laughs> 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 and then the very classic line of they're talking and going on and the sheriff's just like investigation isn't going well is it <laughs> <laughs> and then r.i.p to the hotel manager who then gets cur- killed by Mr. the person Nutt. killing him r.i.p to a real one yeah he was calling Mulder out any chance he could yeah that's they had to silence him for his truth <laughs> it was the fbi <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. (laughs) It was an inside job. (laughs) And then Lanny goes to get Scully and he's like distraught and he has blood in his hand and he's like, you know, he's dead. And so they go to investigate it. And then this is where they 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 go to arrest uh, Dr. Blockhead and he has those hooks in him with the fishing line. Yeah. Like, you know, get to suspend himself, which I watched like this documentary about like Sufis, which are like um, Muslim uh like mystics mystics 
uh, it was very fascinating. Hmm. But they also had that thing where like they like hung themselves up and were just like swinging around by their skin. And it's just like, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> there was also this one point where I think one of them like there's this one like holy man who just like stays in a closet like 364 days out of the year. Then one day he comes out and they're like celebrating and then they're like back in the closet. <laughs> That's like pride. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, um, has a really funny line here. Where he says, "If people knew the true price of spirituality, there'd be more atheists." Yes. And then he said, "He's like he won't. He's like won't talk until he has his lawyer." And he's like, "Who's his lawyer?" Said, I represent myself. <laughs> he's so funny. He's so funny in this episode. <laughs> So he Scully tries to arrest him, but he's an escape artist, so he gets out of the handcuffs very quickly. <laughs> but then the sheriff <laughs> opens the door. He's like, "Look who I found!" and like pulls on his fishing line fish hooks. The the way that like they shoot Mulder falling is so funny. I don't know how to explain it. Like the close up shot of like David Duchovny landing on the nail. This thing like, looks like they're just like, "Okay, go!" and he just went like. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm not, this is not going to be graceful. I'm just going to kind of follow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they have, they have to put Lanny in the drunk take because he's really distraught. And so they, when, they take the, when they take Dr. Blockhead to the sheriff's office, they hear Lanny yelling. So they go to check up on him. And they see that Lanny has, you, they can see his wound where his brother was because his brother had escaped at this point. And I also love how, like, we're, like, we're always complaining about how, like, Mulder is always right, and it kind of sucks. Scully's right this episode. Darren Morgan heard our complaining, and he's like, no, Scully figures this out, and Mulder's deeply confused. Still thinking about the mermaid. <laughs> he is. He's still thinking about it. And so they're talking to Lanny, and he says that, like, he doesn't know, like, his brother doesn't know what he's doing. He's just trying to find a new brother, a new host, because his his brother is drinking himself to death. Yes. It's very sad. Sad. And it, a it is little sort creepy. of like... Whatever it is, yeah the the little the little little brother, <laughs> little brother. <laughs> I also like how like when you do see like shots of his his like like attachment, you don't really see like Leonard's head. Like no. I'm like, where does the head even go? Like, yeah, he looks like a full person, but then when it is like attached to Lanny, it doesn't look like that at all. Really, <laughs> no. <laughs> and the the scene where. So Mulder and Scully go to chase after the twin into the fun house, or I should say the tabernacle of terror. Yeah, it's not a fun house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're running around trying to find it. And then they have like, this is a really fun shots of like, you know, the, the mirrors, mirrors and like yes. the kind of jump, jump scary type stuff. But it ends up getting away. But luckily, the conundrum is there to eat it. <laughs> to eat it. And you don't, you I don't know really what's happening. Like so you just hear screams, and then yeah, <laughs> you see he's you fine. Don't find out until like a couple scenes later to, that like he ate him, but but it is like I I think this is such a fun way to end this episode, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah, <laughs> like why not just have the th the person who eats anything eat it? <laughs> <laughs> and he did, and he did find like and to his credit, Leonard did find a new host. He just ate him, so. <laughs> He also ate him in like record time because he yeah. like, like how do you even eat this like whole like I would say like baby size not toddler necessarily but like baby size creature 
And then like Mulder and Scully like run into him almost immediately after. It's like, wow, he really ate that quick. He scarfed that down. He was just laying, <laughs> chilling on the ground. Yeah. He's just like laying on the ground and Mulder's like, have you seen a... And he's like gesturing wild and then just like runs away. <laughs> he's like, I don't have time to explain this. And then I, I, also, I wanted to talk about the last scene because it's very funny, but also I have some thoughts on it. So I'll just go ahead and describe the scene. But like Mulder and Scully are meeting up with uh, Dr. Blockhead, who is leaving. And um, Blockhead is, you know, talking about like, you know, soon we're not going to have anyone with any genetic album ab- abnormalities because it's all going to be like in the future we're all going to like genetically manipulate ourselves to be hot or whatever <laughs> which is like eh, i'll get into that in a minute but <laughs> he does have the very funny line where he says i've seen the future and the future looks just like that and the <laughs> points to Mulder, who for some reason is like has one foot up on this on the step of a trailer and he has his hands on his posing. hips He's just posing just in case somebody was talking about him. Like what what was he doing? That like in that moment he was just like He's just surveying the land. And like we figured it out. He's just drinking it all in. Yes, he's like, I know someone somewhere is talking about me. <laughs> And this is where we get a callback to the line Scully said, where Blockhead says, imagine going through your whole life looking like that. <laughs> and it's such a that's such a good way to end the episode. Like, I mean, there's a few more bits, but like that is essentially the, the coda of the episode is like, you know, Scully and Mulder, because they're quote unquote normal, they 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 just like can't fathom living your life like someone who isn't normal but then at the same time (laughs) blockhead makes a very astute observation that they're also incredibly hot (laughs) 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 and they like go through a whole world that isn't yes yes (laughs) this whole episode was just set up for pointing out how like hot how weirdly hot david company is (laughs) (laughs) and like his his entire purpose on this show is like he's a weirdo (laughs) in the basement (laughs) we're like no this man is very hot Yes, yes. It does not make sense. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it is like, but it's it's like mildly funny to me that like he has a point, but also like, yes, this idea like Mulder is normal. I mean, obviously it isn't because of the show, but like also he has like so many mental illnesses that it's just like, okay, he, he isn't perfect because he is like very fucked up at that. <laughs> He's a disaster. <laughs> He's a mess. He's a tornado. <laughs> uh, so now it's time for our segments. And as always, we start with the Mulder rating. Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder. Mulder! And I'll go first. I I wrote down five, but I think I'm going to miss six. He is pretty annoying in this episode, but he's also like sometimes endearing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he is pretty annoying. I think last I think in the last episode I did I gave him a ten if I'm not mistaken or like a nine or a ten. I think you gave him a nine. Okay. I think you said the Fred the Freddy was more annoying. Yeah. Oh yes. I'm gonna be nicer to him because he was really funny in this episode. I'm gonna give him like a six. I'm gonna say okay, six too because okay. he was very perfect. Funny. <laughs> Just we're zooming the, your potato and the pose the at the end. Line. I mean. Yeah. Yes. That knocks off like some annoying points for him. Exactly. He always exactly. starts at a 10 and, and then he, he backs himself <laughs> up. 
<laughs> I also did I te- I did text Laura so she sent me hers so I will tell hers since she isn't here and she gave him a 10 she said I was really annoyed with him this episode um, so she's given him like th- ten, three tens this season <laughs> she is fed up with him <laughs> she says especially when he undermined the property manor's rightful takedown of him props to Mr. Nutt he's so right and I love that he didn't like Mulder lol <laughs> I guess, like, technically he does deserve a 10, but he was so funny that I'm going to be a little yeah. nicer to him. You have to be lenient with him sometimes because he is, like, always just on my nerves. Yeah. <laughs> He's permanently <laughs> on your nerves. <laughs> yes, that's his default. So it's like, okay, well, you got to take your little victories when you get there. Exactly. Uh, and then we have... So uh, this must be the enigmatic Agent Scully. Scully's sassiest moment. Uh, do you want to go first? Okay. I mean, it has to be the... Um, what was the quote? It was, oh, do you recall when Barnum said what Barnum said about suckers? <laughs> yes, <laughs> just that is like, mine too. <laughs> gestures to Mulder. It is so funny. Like she does have a, like a couple other like really sassy moments, but that one it really is just like so funny to me. Yes, because <laughs> she she really loves calling him a sucker. <laughs> That's their love language. <laughs> exactly, it's romantic. And uh, Laura's was when she quote unquote ate the book. <laughs> That would be my number two. That, so. that was good, too. Yeah, yeah. And then we have... Welcome. You've got mail. Our 90s moment of the episode. Um, I honestly had a really hard time with this. Uh, and I wouldn't say it's 90s, but it's, like, close enough to it. I think I'm going to give it to Mulder's Miami Vice look of, like, the shirt and the blazer. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, like, really overtly 90s in this episode. Besides, yeah. I thought about giving it to, like, the... <laughs> yeah, I thought about giving it to the whole Jim Rose inclusion. Because, like, I don't really... I mean, I'm sure there are like circuses to some degree, but like they very much feel like a relic of the past. Yeah. I was going to say like overall, just the idea of like this sideshow circus thing, I guess mm-hmm. is pretty nice. Yeah. I was trying to, I'm trying to remember. I feel like I've maybe went to a circus once. I don't really remember. I don't think I've ever been to the circus. Yeah. It, it probably was when I was pretty young, like in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because also like, I feel like if you had a circus now, you would just like do like a Twitch stream or something. <laughs> I could just like God, YouTube a circus exist. if I really wanted to see something. Exactly. <laughs> People are posting their weird shit just on TikTok. Like, I don't need to go to the circus. Yeah. For free. <laughs> <laughs> the circus. You mean when I log into Twitter.com? <laughs> the <laughs> true <laughs> circus. If you want to see the circus, just go to my Twitter. It's a circus constantly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Laura's is. She says Mulder's suit at the end with Blockhead is making fun of him. It is very big. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. But I have the screenshot <laughs> up right now. It's it's like the most nineties <laughs> pant, like the jack, the really long oh trench coat yeah. jacket, and the pants yeah. are so like <laughs> wide. <laughs> Have you ever seen those? Um, it's like more the odds, but like pictures of basketball players at like the NBA draft and the odds where they just yes. have the most preposterously big suits on. <laughs> uh, we just let people Incredible. walk around like that. <laughs> yes, yes, that was the the high point of Jankos and just big ba- baggy clothes going to the boardwalk and getting that airbrush t-shirt of like the Tasmanian devil <laughs> in like size 7XL <laughs> but I feel like it's coming back and it's terrifying to me 
Yes, fashion is cyclical. We're going to, and we, we just finally we just we finally made it to the two thousands. Like it's been nineties for a while, and like there's bucket hats coming. There's like mm-hmm. people are like, we bring back bring back low rise jeans, and like no, we don't. <laughs> the last thing we need. <laughs> and just uh, all of the men wearing like t shirts with flannels and like open. Yes. <laughs> Or like long sleeve shirts with short sleeve shirts on top. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're bringing it back. <laughs> so why I picked this episode is fairly obvious. I feel like it's the first like funny episode. And it really it really is like the first episode that really shows that the X-Files has this like tonal elasticity to it. Like you tune into like any episode of the X-Files, you genuinely don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> No, because <laughs> you bounce between like Satan is real and Satan is terrorizing this this uh, town in New Hampshire to Mulder and Scully go to the circus <laughs> 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 to like uh, aliens and bounty hunters, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Which, so, yeah, the next one is like a creepy child thing, right? Yes. The Kalashari <laughs> with the uh, there. It's so funny when they because they, they're they frequently like have one where they try to tackle another culture and like it usually didn't go too well what was that one in season what's the one i'm thinking of that was terrible like on the tra- were they like on a train or something um what's there's the one, the one the really the kind of racist yeah, one that the they're like trying one? to make a point it's a uh, Taliko. yes that one's At so annoying are they like, on a train in that am i imagining <laughs> Maybe I'm I wonder if you're thinking show. of like seventy. Maybe you're thinking of seven three one. That's the myth arc one where they're like on a train with like the mystery alien creature maybe. thing. But yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. So, so they try to tackle like Romanian like folk tale folk tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think it's an okay episode. But like it did at the end, <laughs> at the end of the next one, it's like there's a scene where this guy's like, "Don't look at him. The devil will haunt you." And then I'm like, "Why did Mulder never get haunted by the devil? Uh, I wanted this." <laughs> we had Tony Shalhoub coming up too. Oh yeah, that's Vince's first episode. Soft light. That's probably too scary for me to watch today, but I'll consider it another time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. He's- I don't remember it being too scary. Um, it's more like sciency, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that reminds me. I oh. had this whole spiel I forgot to do about like his doctor. Dr. Blockhead's ascension, like, because he's like, oh, we're soon, like, going to genetically modify our way out of being ugly or whatever. <laughs> Which, like, in your dreams. <laughs> it's like... I don't think so. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny because it's just like, we don't know that much about genes. Like, we definitely no. know more than we... But, like, we can't pinpoint genes. Like, like there isn't an ugly gene. <laughs> no. Uh, like, the furthest... <laughs> All we have is plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it, it was kind of funny to me because, like, the cur- currently, like, the level of, like, genetic modification we can do, which, like, isn't really even modification. Like, basically what happens if you have enough money, if you have, like, 30K to throw around, <laughs> if you had, like, a, a gene that we have identified as um, something, like, that causes... A disease like for example there's BRCA1 and 2 which are mm-hmm. have been identified as when you have a certain mutation you have a higher risk of breast cancer and ovarian cancer so mm-hmm. a lot of people get tested for that but like what you theoretically could do is you have um you have the fertilized eggs and you genetically sequence them and you basically see which one has the gene we don't want let's not use those so it's just like cherry picking which 
um, fertilized eggs have the gene you want. So, but that isn't even man- manipulating it. That's just like that's a good thing if you do it. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> if you're able yeah, like to, if, to if, not if, have the possibility of getting breast or ovarian it, cancer. Exactly. It is. It's so funny to me when they're like when when they talk about like the ethical ramifications. Not to say there aren't any, but like this is a far cry from like I want a baby with blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which we I don't think the, we have the genes yeah. to to identify to give babies blue eyes. Like that's kind and of and if it was like still far fresh. Two people would be able to afford it. <laughs> like, I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. An easy like who's thing to this do. hung up about eye color? So that was kind of funny to me because like he doesn't have a wrong point, but it is like a little off base of like our current technology. Yeah, especially but like, I do remember looking back like, from today's perspective. Yeah, and I definitely remember in like in school, like in elementary school, they always asked about the ethical debate uh, as like a, a fun bringing science into the real world kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're 12 and, uh, what do you think yeah. about this <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's, let's let's ask uh, the 12 year olds the ethical debate about cloning <laughs> <laughs> those teachers are really trying god bless them for it <laughs> when they make you do like the little squares oh the planet like, squares yes. yeah yeah I remember doing. I those. love the Punnett squares. I love. I love the idea that genetics is a simple. <laughs> <laughs> you have fifty percent chance of having brown hair. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. So so as this as this was like the first funny one. Uh, it the the execs were extremely nervous, and honestly, really? the writers were too. And Chris was like, he kind of he had to like think about it, and he's just like, this is just too good of an episode to not produce. Like, mm-hmm. I know it doesn't totally mix with the X-Files, but we can make it work. And God bless him for that. And then those are the ones people now love so much. Yeah. When you ask and people um, what episodes they like. It is like a real like fan favorite. And then but I did have this qu- Clyde Bruckman is like pretty early in season three. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it worked out for them. I have this quote from Darren Morgan. It says, um, Morgan says, I've always harbored a little bit of bitter- bitterness uh, to to all the comedies that followed because I really took a beating from a lot of people for being the first one, he says, laughing. Carter notes that humor had been part of the series all along. Everybody was funny, he notes, but he didn't know how funny the show could be until Darren Morgan came along. <laughs> I also love the idea that he's like, I'm a little bitter. And like by that, he means like at Vince Gilligan, I guess. <laughs> he's the only other person who does like consistently did like really funny episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really, and it's so funny cause it is like, this is a really good episode. It is not Darren Morgan's strongest episode. <laughs> no. It's like probably his weakest, honestly. Or yeah, I guess so. Think about I it. I guess you could do like this one or the War of the Copper Pages, but I like that I one I love that episode. <laughs> it's so funny. It's Mostly so funny. because like Scully is so jealous and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, <sighs> so, so yeah, like. This, I hope I hope everyone watched it and really got why I'm so high on Darren Morgan as a writer because he's very talented and he, he just it's he always just mixes like comedy with like really thoughtful like ruminations on like mm-hmm. <laughs> human nature <laughs> like loneliness because <laughs> even in this one like I wouldn't say that it has any like super big themes necessarily other than like the sort of room like observation about disability um and stuff like that but but like 
there is a level of like this loneliness of Lanny having a brother that doesn't love him that all he's done is taking care of him yeah. and all his brother wants is a new host for her new brother and there's just a lot of sadness in that but I wouldn't say the episode really like leans enough on it to like make Mm-mm. it a huge theme of the episode yeah so that was Humbug and I hope everyone liked it and thank you so much to Tori for coming on and guesting and sort of being the guest co-host <laughs> last I minute I love talking about this episode I love this episode it's it's so funny it's so funny <laughs> yes a classic um and laura and i will be back next week or not next week whenever i don't know i record these and then i edit them and and then i push them (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm keeping on some sort of schedule (laughs) laura and i will be back discussing season two episode 25 anasazi which is the finale we're, 25 we're episodes. Really trucking. This season is <laughs> they insane. Really, they really were out of their minds like with those network shows. I think MASH had like 26 episodes a season or something. And she's like, oh, oh like, y'all can't be doing this. Y'all are going to get some real clunkers. Uh, yeah, so we will be wrapping up season two, finally. We had a lot. This is very Myth Arc heavy. We will finally be free from the yoke of season two Myth Arc. <laughs> Yeah, so we hope y'all have a nice week and that you like the episode and all, all that jazz. And also, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, we are Condensed Truth on Twitter. If you'd like to email us, we're CondensedTruthPod uh, at gmail.com. And Tori, you're still Tori Lasso on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, watch Ted Lasso. It's comes back July 23rd. You gotta get the plug in. And you're not even being paid for this. No, I would love Apple. You have the money. I'd love to be paid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. O- open the wallet. Yes, and and get her sh- get her screeners, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, and follow follow Tori if you would like to see a lot of posts about Mitch Lindy. Yeah, they're very good posts. Oh, <laughs> there <we go. laughs> there's just a dog climbing over me right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm so glad we made it. We made it through most of the recording without. I know. It happening. <laughs> okay, and uh, that's it. So goodbye. Bye.